Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Talking About Birds, the only Cardinal podcast with lesser quality than the air in St. Louis. My name is Nate Heininger, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Ben Samorka. Hey, everyone. You guys got some of that uh, uh, Canada dust coming down your way? Oh, it's heavy. It's heavy right now. Yeah. And uh, this week on the show, we are going to be talking about the upcoming trade deadline. We're going to hear from our man on the ground in London, and we're going to check in on the roster and recent injury updates. If you have an idea for the opening bit, tweet us at Talk About Birds. Well, Hambone, Nady H, you're back. I'm back. I made wow. it. Yeah. Uh, nice work on the episode last week. I know it's there's no way you listened up. to it. There's no I, way you listened to that episode. Well, I had I still did the edit, so <laughs> I still. <laughs> it was a great episode. It was a good episode. Everyone's um, talking about it. Oh, it's all. I mean, I've been hearing it replayed. It's on the Billboard charts. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Didn't know I was eligible, but yeah, it makes sense. I'm not surprised. Yeah. No, I thought it was good. Um, you know, nice work. I know it's awkward enough talking to me, let alone t- just talking to yourself for uh, 35 minutes. So yeah. it's for keeping the feed fresh. Oh, keeping I the clean the content, baby. We, you know, our people need this tent slang weekly. So, yeah, I'm back. I was in Vegas. It was okay. It was a work trip. Mostly, uh, mostly spent my time there doing work stuff, but got out a little bit. I I drove some super fast go karts and and I uh, I won four dollars playing blackjack. Oh wow! Holy! And I uh, got COVID, so <laughs> we're we're having That's a great time. The yeah. full Vegas experience, I think. Yeah, I you know. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas unless it's a deadly virus that is easily <laughs> transmutable through cramped spaces. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, you're kind uh, of you're kind of punk rock COVID. I don't feel like people are getting it much anymore, <laughs> but you uh, you were able to find it. I Kind of. It's my first time getting it. So it's also like getting into something way late after yeah. everybody has already gotten into yeah, it. Right. Like, um, like, I'm going to just start watching Succession now. Yeah. Um, kind of like how you just decided to get COVID now. Like, okay, it's all out there. I'm going to go binge it and, mm-hmm. and catch up. Yeah. Anyone heard of Breaking Bad? It's pretty good. <laughs> My, great reference. My Secession. TV show reference wasn't good enough, but yeah, that was good to double Secession up. Succession is the Omicron variant of uh, Breaking see. Bad. That's, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> uh we shouldn't be joking about this but um no. no i'm doing okay i think i've got some uh covid brain but you won't probably be able to notice i think i'm Ooh, I, I don't know, know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see i got your back though buddy yeah thank you wow. thank you um but yeah it's been a uh it, it was good i'm glad to be back though and able to uh to to get back into some baseball, watch some Cardinals. And now as the uh, calendar's about to uh, turn into January, now we can start to legitimately talk about the trade deadline. Everyone um, else is doing it, so we have to do it too, right? Before we did, I, did, I wanted to bring up one thing 
because uh, this is a baseball podcast first and a food podcast kind of second. Um, how do you feel about this? Pepsi is launching a product called Cola Chup. Cola Chup. I think I'm saying that right. At Detroit's Comerica Park, where the Tigers play. It is a Pepsi flavored ketchup uh, that you can now order on your dogs in uh, Comerica Park up there in Detroit. Uh, how do you feel about this? Frankly, it sounds like an abomination. Frankly, <laughs> um, second time we've done that joke. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, well, okay. Let's unpack this. So it's a it's a ketchup. Yep. That is meant to taste taste like Pepsi. Is that like it or it's like is it like what is it? What do they mean? Is pe- do you see Pepsi infused? Uh, it just is called a cola chip. I'll have to see if I can find out more. Um, <laughs> but it, it's like a Pepsi branded ketchup bottle, and the ketchup, the cola chip is like uh, dark brown, like a like a cola. Um, it sounds horrible. Y- yeah, it might be. Um, a cola hot dog is made in heaven. Yeah, uh, it's oh yeah. So it is Pepsi infused ketchup. Look, I'm. This might be controversial, but I'm not. I'm already not a huge ketchup fan. Yeah, I I do like it on fries, of course. Sure. But outside of that, I'm not really applying it to most things. And I've never thought, boy, I wish this were more sickly sweet. Yeah. Yeah, I think I agree with you. Uh, It's also available at Chase Field in Phoenix, Yankee Stadium, Target Field in Minneapolis. I already said Comerica. But anyways, we're not sponsored by Pepsi. I just thought that that was interesting. And I think you're right. It's kind of an abomination. Yeah, I don't know. You seem like a little hurt that I'm like blasting the the cola. Chip. I don't know. I feel like your your sick ass would like something like this because <laughs> you're a sick little freak. But uh, no, I, I think I align with you. <laughs> I I like my hot dogs the Chicago way. Um, you know, ketchup is for children. So uh, no, thank Man. you on a hot dog. I had a really really nice Chicago dog recently. It was it was fire as as one yeah. would say. Nice pickles, beer, this... yeah, relish, uh, so on and so forth. Huh. Don't even get me started. I, you know, I've been on a bit of a pickle journey over the last few years. I think yeah, we've last about time you were in before. town, you called yourself a pickle pal several times, and I was <laughs> trying to drive past that comment. But uh, you, you definitely I, said I've, that. I've become a bit of a pickle pal. It's I true. Know. Yeah, I've I disliked them my whole life, and I've been on a I've been on a pickle journey, a bit of a pickle renaissance. And uh, you know what I had the other day? I had a, a, a hot dog with a big ass pickle on it, Ben. Oh, that's sick, bro. That's right. A little bit of barbecue sauce. Barbecue having a sauce. Good time. Yeah. yeah, that sounds great. Good for you. Yeah. Welcome to, yeah. uh, I don't know, the rest of your life. Something that yeah. everybody else has been doing. I don't know. Not everybody. Do you? Yeah. Okay. I have nothing to say, but I'm, <laughs> I guess I'm proud of you. Pickles are good. I, I'm. I'm becoming aware of that. So thank you. Thank you for being a part of my journey. <laughs> hey, yeehaw, giddy up. Am I right? <laughs> no. Uh, let's talk about the trade deadline. <laughs> yeah. So Ken Rosenthal put out an article that is all the, the hubbub right now. Will it's you give? Yeah. Will you give? Uh, <laughs> hey, we like Ken Rosenthal. No, right? no, we, he's we, good. He's good. We saw him at the uh, uh, when we were in Boston last year. Uh, yeah. for that game we all shouted at him and he gave us a polite nod 
Yes. So we're an basically an, slightly annoyed. I think we were <laughs> probably drunker than we thought we were. But uh, yeah, he, he was. I like it. to think he recognized the difference in our yeah. group of drunken uh, fans compared to all of the other groups that were yelling at him. <laughs> yeah. You could tell there was something about us, something different. Yeah, we're special. But um, yeah, so uh, why, why don't you will you break down just sort of like the the high key marks of the uh, of yeah, the yeah. article? I mean, it's pretty simple. It, it, it's not even that long of an article. And uh, of course, I recommend uh, if you don't have an athletic subscription, Katie Wu is worth the price of entry and you get a little Ken Rosenthal and some other great writers. Uh, but uh, I- anyways, uh, essentially what he's saying is that the Cardinals need to stop uh, being so cautious and mm-hmm. to essentially pick a lane um, and drive that lane hard. And what he was suggesting was a essentially a mini fire sale of maybe even not that many, uh, but moving somebody like Paul Goldschmidt, um, who I-, I think, you know, would be likely the Cardinals biggest asset right now. I think we could talk about that a little bit because Nolan could be in there. I mean, Jordan Walker might have the highest return, but I, I actually really think it's probably Paul Goldschmidt. He's coming off the MVP. He could slot in really well with a couple of teams like the Astros who obviously have the playoffs in mind, like the Phillies who are pushing hard. Um, now one of those teams has better prospects than the others, but he's saying, move him. Move Nolan Arenado, essentially positing the idea that if you trade Goldie, Nolan is highly likely to waive his no trade clause, which I think is probably right. Um, yeah, Nolan would maybe like package me with Goldie wherever he's going. I'll go. Or yeah, right. Find me on a winner. Um, he was also suggesting that the Cardinals move on guys who have uh, who are in their final year of control with the Cardinals, uh, pointing out Flaherty. Jordan Montgomery and Jordan Hicks, of course, and then kind of using those to reestablish citing the depth in the minors with the high end pitching that we've talked about that is a year or two away. Um, and then obviously the outfield and infield glut that exists right now would have its way to kind of matriculate. Um, and then ideally you go, uh, you know, with those trades, you get back some, some young arms uh, to come back to the Cardinals. Um, so, so I think that's, I, I'm obviously paraphrasing. There's a lot more in it and, and it's, it's well-written and, and an interesting read for sure, but that's really the, the meat of, uh, what he's talking about. Yeah. Which, you know, I, it's not a particularly new idea, but Ken Rosenthal just does a good job of breaking it all down. I think this debate of should the Cardinals trade Goldschmidt has been really going on for at least a month now, right? Once it became apparent that, uh, maybe this season isn't going the way that we all hoped it would. Uh, we would do, you know, maybe it's time for the Cardinals to completely blow it all up. And I think you and I have discussed this a little bit already. Um, yeah. I figure we can dig in now. Um, you know, part of me does like, I totally get what Ken Rosenthal is going for here. And there is the sort of like, uh, I don't know, like like MLB the show or out of the park baseball, the the like the grand baseball strategy games that are out there where like there is part of my mind that really does like this idea of like let's break it down and let's go into full yeah. rebuild mode. We've you know, can you imagine what we could get for Paul Goldschmidt? Can you imagine what we could get for Nolan Arenado? Um 
you know, we've seen some teams do this in the past few uh, past decade or so, and it's turned them into the juggernauts that they are now. Um, and, and I get it. And there's part of me that like enjoys just the wheeling and dealing of a super active trade deadline. Uh, but ultimately, I don't think it's a good idea. I don't like it. And I don't think they, that they should do it. I, I like Paul Goldschmidt is won the MVP last year. He's basically having the same season as he was last year, this year. Sure, he's probably going to decline next year, but he's still an elite talent. We'd be doing all these trades hoping that someone else just becomes Paul Goldschmidt when we've already got Paul Goldschmidt. We'd be trading a bunch of people hoping we can get the next Arenado when we've already got Nolan Arenado. I'm more of the mind of let's extend Paul Goldschmidt and make sure that he finishes his career in St. Louis and we just have him locked in. Because even though he's going to, um, you know, slowly lose his talent, like I think we all can see that that his aging curve is is a good one and one that like he's going <laughs> to yeah. retain he's going to retain some value. Like I think deep into his thirties, of course, who knows, right? Of course. But he looks, but like the the approach and all of that makes me think he's going to be good into his late thirties. So I don't know. I, I get it, but I just. Like I, I does I don't think they should do it. What What are your thoughts? Yeah. Well, so I, I guess I want to talk. There's a, a couple other things in the article that I think are important to bring up before I, I make my two cents known. And it's Ken Rosenthal is also critical of the Cardinals' uh, inability to line, line uh, land the big fish in free agency, uh, mm-hmm. which I think this podcast could not agree more with. He's right. Hammer hits nail. Uh, great job. Um, and then he also talks about if I think if Mosaic has a soft underbelly to his skill set, it is those mid tier free agents that he's brought in that just haven't worked out. I think that you could argue, while we're not mad about the Wilson Contreras signing, I think you could argue that they overpaid Wilson Contreras. Dexter Fowler didn't work out. He was about 80 million bucks. Mike Lee leak didn't work out. He was about 80 million bucks. Brett Cecil really didn't work out. He was about yeah. 30 or 40 million bucks. And Andrew um, Miller, Stephen Matz isn't really working out. And, um, yeah, exactly. Stephen Matz. Yeah. Well, now I, I didn't even want to say Stephen Matz because at least Stephen Matz is performing well in the bullpen for eight innings right. or whatever. So I'm trying yeah. to I'm yeah, trying to yeah, be positive yeah. there. We still like uh, Stephen Matz, but you can't say it's worked out yet. Tell you what, though, his numbers in the bullpen, he's looked a lot better. So yes. then you if the Cardinals are, can't get the big fish and they're bad at signing free agents and then you trade away Flaherty, Monty and Hicks, who are free agents at the end of the season anyways, do the Cardinals then go and try to sign some other version of Flaherty, Monty and Hicks? Because those are going to be gaps on the team. Um, mm-hmm. coming next year, you need a strong bullpen and you need five viable starters who like, I would like them to be over the age of 23, uh, not because I think our prospects are bad, but I think relying upon five guys under the age, uh, you know, with Liberator being the most seasoned veteran, um, and, uh, and miles Michaelis worries me. So yeah. My my, th- what what are they going to do? I, I think the cardinal, the biggest criticism in, in I think the whole article is, and it kind of walks around this is, can the cardinals properly evaluate free agents um, that have not played with the team in the past? Because of course, I think you would resign, you do the Matt Holiday signing a thousand times over. I think that was one of the more underrated free agent signings in the last ten years. Um, but outside of that. 
and, and not to mention he played with the Cardinals before uh, they signed him. Outside of that, so it was more than ten years ago. But <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, geez, you're right. Um, Twenty years, I guess. I have to say <laughs> yeah. now, uh, yeah. time time keeps moving. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I will say to answer your question, no, I absolutely, I don't think the Cardinals should blow it up. I, I mean, honestly, I don't. Even, I still don't think that this season is over. Uh, the Cardinals have a about a thirteen percent chance of making the playoffs. Um, I re- we'll talk about Hunter Green and, and the Reds later. Cincinnati is going to start fading away. Milwaukee has not really played solid baseball all year. Pittsburgh has completely fell off. And I think the Cubs, we talked about this uh, two, three months ago. The Cubs are going to start selling guys here soon. Cody Bellinger is going to be gone. Um, we'll, we'll see what else happens. But I think the Cubs are going to start yeah. breaking it down, uh, which is funny because they have the best run diff and, and arguable team in the Central. Uh, but I don't know. I, I still think the Cardinals, if I was the Cardinals, I would push in this year. I do think that they need to diversify their flipping portfolio though. We don't need eight quad a MLB outfielders or whatever the combination or however you want to evaluate them. Make your decision. Don't be afraid to make another Randy or Rosarena. Go get the guy that the Cardinals need right now. Uh, Tarek Skubal, whoever it might be. <laughs> and uh, I don't even know if he's healthy right now. Uh, I don't but think make so. a decision, evaluate your in-house players, and go get the thing that you need to fill in. Um, and ideally, the move that they're making to move uh, somebody like a Moises Gomez or Dylan Carlson or whoever uh, is getting you a pitcher that has control um, for a- at least a couple of years. So that's where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah, well, they've already said, Mazalek said that, you know, they're looking, they're they're already starting to look beyond this year. But if they can find something that also helps this year, then that's a bonus. Yeah. So uh, it seems to me that unless something fundamentally changes in the, in the next month, you know, maybe the Cardinals go on a run and end up only a handful of games back by the tra- trade deadline, we're going to see a probably a rather calm trade deadline where the Cardinals are afraid to sell off because they don't want to miss the chance at still having some sort of back end of the season miracle run like they keep having. Uh, but they also don't want to buy because they're not that good of a team and don't want to waste resources. And, um, and this is exactly this is the thesis statement of the article of, is make the a, article, make a choice. Yeah. And yeah. it's hard to argue with that. No, I I do kind of agree. I mean, I'm I'm more of the mind of I don't think the Cardinals need a complete rebuild where you're trading Arenado and Goldschmidt, but I do think they should consider trading anyone else, especially Hicks, Montgomery, and Flaherty. Uh, yeah, I don't really know what you're getting for Flaherty right now, but Hicks and Montgomery probably get a pretty good return from a competing team. Uh, I, that is like exactly what teams look for when they're going into the playoffs is a, is a shutdown reliever and a very good starting pitcher. Yeah. I actually think you might get more for Hicks than you would get for Montgomery right now, just because over the last month he has been, I mean, it's next level. Uh, what, what, you know what I thought was really interesting to talk about Hicks for a second. And, uh, just to be clear, I, I ate crow on the last episode about uh, how uh, I was wrong about Hicks. So I'm I'm comfortable swimming in those waters. Um, But in an interview this week, 
Nolan Arenado was talking about how Jordan Hicks is a completely different person over the last six weeks or so. His focus, his preparation, his everything is has completely changed. And he was talking about how he thinks he can do this for a whole year and everything. So, you know, that's narrative stuff. I don't know. I tend to trust somebody like Nolan Arenado when they say a guy with Jordan Hicks yeah. talent level has found something. I, I believe what he's saying. So anyways, I think that Jordan Hicks can probably get you something pretty impressive. Um, and I think Jordan Montgomery, I mean, look at last year's trade. I think you can get a player on the level of a Harrison Bader, maybe slightly less, um, but probably right around there because of Harrison's injury issues that were going on and kind of the, you know, the, uh, the weirdness of, uh, of his status. Um, so, you know, what's Harrison Bader, a three or four war player that's, uh, under 30. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, you should entertain it. Uh, yeah. that being said, then you're losing, I don't know, like a hundred and 20, 30 innings. Where are those <laughs> innings going? Is Zach Thompson back up? He's well, got like a nine ERA in triple A yeah, right now. Of course they've managed to break Zach Thompson. Um, so <laughs> what I, what I think would be the ideal situation, and this is some real magic, you know, we're just going to yeah. assume best case scenario, but we've seen teams do this before we say, Hey, Jordan. Hey, Monty, we've loved having you here. You've loved being here, right? Right. Cool. We're all on the same page. The Cardinal, we want to compete in 2024. So we're going to trade you to whoever to get some assets for 2024. But then we're going to make you a contract offer in the offseason. Yeah. Uh, can we get like a handshake agreement on on that right now? You know, obviously, I, I don't know the rules around what what's binding and whatnot, but we've seen the Cubs did that with Araldis Chapman and right. other teams have traded Yankees. people than yeah. and the Yankees like, you know, yeah, I, yeah, I, I mean, I think you're right, but worlds, also right? like if you're Jordan Hicks and you have a dominant second half and the Dodgers say, hey, we'll pay you yeah. 30 over two, um, I bet he says. Okay, I'm a Dodger now. <laughs> like, yeah, of course. I mean, at the end of the day, the money's going to play, right? But yeah, and, uh, and not to not to speak in circles, but it goes back to the exact same issue that Ken Rosenthal brought up in that article. It's the Cardinals being able to land effective free agents and bring them in and have them contribute uh, to the team in a real way. So, I mean, maybe this is the off season that they prove it. Um, to to blabber on more about this, I I am starting to really think. I don't think this is actually going to happen, but if there was a time for the Cardinals to put their money where their mouth is, I would go out and pay Aaron Nola uh, more money than anybody else is willing to offer him. He's having a little bit of a down year right now. Not that bad. Um, I really, really like his stuff. I think that stuff would play even better in massive Bush stadium. Um, Yeah. I'm going to start banging that drum. He's probably going to be 200 million plus though. Uh, But we'll see. Cardinals have the money. Just hoping up a couple more Arby's do it. I mean, there was also in that Ken Rosenthal article, he's talking about how not only do the Cardinals, you know, they're on pace to have 3.3 million fans. Um, and, uh, the, uh, ballpark village is going over like gangbusters. It's, yeah. uh, it's interesting. Yeah. I, one more thing to blabber about. Sorry. I'm feeling <laughs> really blabbery today. Yeah. I think okay. that three, that 3.3 million thing is really interesting to me. Post, the A's had their reverse um, protest night, right? Right. And we learned because the A's posted this information on Twitter. We learned that they made about uh, it was like eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars from twenty seven thousand seats 
the seats in uh, the Coliseum are cheaper than they are in Bush. So if you want to sit down and do the math, you can kind of understand how much money just from ticket sales alone the Cardinals are making, um, which is like, I'm going to do some really quick, yeah. really bad head math, but it's like a hundred million bucks just on people walking through the door, not to mention everything else, all the other revenue streams, ballpark village, everything else. Like there's ads in between pitches now, it's, you know? The, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, yeah. I'm done. But anyways, yeah, that's, that's how I'm feeling. Yes. Same. Um, <laughs> totally chill. Totally chill. It's super cool. We love it. We love it. Don't we folks? All right. Cola so, chop. Well, cola chop. Yeah. We need, now we need Pepsi in our ketchup. <laughs> Jesus. All right. So we'll see. This is just beginning our coverage uh, of the trade deadline. A lot of this will be determined on how the Cardinals play. Um, but obviously a lot of opinions out there. We'd love to hear your opinions. Uh, reach out to us if you have some thoughts on this. Uh, next we are going to hear, or you all are going to hear, an interview that Ben and I did with Akira O'Connor, a, a member of the Bird Squad who lives in the United Kingdom and was fortunate enough to travel with his family down to London to participate in the Cardinals Cubs series. It's a really excellent interview, uh, a very lovely person. We hope that you all listen and enjoy it. Talking about. Joining us today is friend of the show, member of the Bird Scored, and our chief London correspondent, Akira O'Connor. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, we're super excited to have you. Um, I know we, we've talked about doing something like this uh, on and off for quite a while now. And then with the Cardinals playing in London, making the trek out to your part of the world, we thought it made a lot of sense. Finally, get you on the show and hear a little bit about your experiences. Um, but before we we jump into that, I'm always curious, uh, you know, Ben and I talked on a recent episode about like what Cardinal player originally got us into our baseball. Our Starboard? Spark bird. bird. It was spark bird. So uh, a a term borrowed from actual birders. Um, I'm (laughs) curious, uh, you know, what what originally got you into baseball? How did you become such an ardent baseball fan? And then specifically the Cardinals? Okay, well, well, to to go back to the spark bird thing, I think my spark bird is probably Rick Ankeel. Nice. Oh, wow, <laughs> super yes. weird. All right, <laughs> I, I don't think he's he's many people's spark bird, but um, yeah, I I, I was um a uh, postdoc at Wash U uh, between the years of two thousand and eight and two thousand and ten. Um, so I um, naturally went along to Bush Stadium a few times yeah. and, and just fell in love with the, the kind of the vibe, the culture of, of baseball. It's, it's quite unlike anything, anything I'd been to before, I guess. I mean, the closest is perhaps test cricket, which is the version of cricket that <laughs> takes five days um, oh, but, okay, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's kind of nothing's happening you can kind of read a book have a chat and then suddenly everything happens and you're like yeah. whoa what just happened there so yeah I, I kind of like that kind of dynamic nature of it Real quick cricket question because i know nothing <laughs> when you win a game when you're doing test cricket and the game is five days or however long it lasts as a spectator are you buying a ticket that is like in perpetuity of the game like you could just walk in and walk out how does that work 
Um, you would buy a ticket for a day, uh, and yeah, you can you can typically go in and out during that day. Um, but yeah, I mean, you would also bring a paper. You'd bring beers. You usually have a right. a limit on the number of beers you can bring into the stadium. Uh, you know, you, you get a few gimmies, and then you have to start paying the man for your yeah. uh, for your booze. But yeah, it's it's an it's an experience. Yeah, I think I would like to do that. Maybe. Yeah. That sounds. <laughs> I think that sounds great. <laughs> Um, yeah, you, so you and I were in college around the same time, but I think, uh, you sound like you, you said postdoc, so far more successful at college than <laughs> myself, uh, but a pretty small window. And in that time, you still found enough time to get to, get to the Bush stadium as a newer stadium at that time too. And, and, and essentially fell in love with the game just from going to the live, live product. Yeah, that's right. Um, I mean, it also helps going to a, a beautiful new stadium that has facilities yeah. like I'd, I'd never been to at a, at a soccer ground in the in the UK. I mean, that was, you know, just, just the fact that you've got even uh, escalators going going up between different levels blew my mind. You know, I'm used <laughs> to kind of traipsing up and down these corrugated metal stairs or whatever. So, yeah, so yeah it's state of the art. Yeah. Um, I'm curious. So you're a baseball fan in the Mm -hmm. UK. Are you evangelizing people? Are you showing people you work with friends videos on your phone of, oh my gosh, look at this crazy play by such and such? Are, Are you, how does that work? How do you interact with people around you locally with baseball? Do you try to sell it to them? Yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a lonely experience, and this is mm. something I suppose we'll get into with talking about the the London series and how it kind of you, you you cast away all of that loneliness and and commune with your people for for two days, you know. But but most of the time, yeah, it's 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 kind of late nights, staying up late, um, falling asleep during games, and then when when good stuff happens, I have one or two friends who are kind of receptive to <laughs> to watching a video of uh, you know a great third base play by Arenado on my phone. But um, but other than that, it's 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 a pretty kind of it's a pretty personal, pretty kind of onanistic affair. Right. Well, yeah, and there's. I can see how, like what you're talking about, the highlight play made by Nolan Arenado. I would imagine there's some it, it, that's somewhat universal, right? Like what he did is is physically impressive, but a lot of baseball is has to do with the uh, the history and the context and who's where and and what team they're playing for. So yeah, I could imagine that you're, you know, oh, I mean, showing I, I your struggle people with that. and people are just like, okay, cool, what, let's let's go grab a drink or whatever it might be. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think probably that stuff is lost on me too. You know, I've been a Cardinals fan for for thirteen years, which is which is maybe well, no, so fifteen years. But that's that's probably fifteen years too too few to to you know appreciate a lot of the the references that people are making and the the, the kind of historical stuff that people <laughs> talk about. So. Yeah, it's it, it, it's it's hard. It's especially hard not having uh, the the kind of coverage over here. You know, right. I, I I will yeah. I will check uh, the Guardian website. You know, where I get a, a fair amount of news, and they might have a baseball article every once a week, maybe. Um, and it's usually drawing heavily from stuff from the Associated Press, so it's a bit kind of like, yeah right. F- filtered. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. It, so, I'm, I, honestly, I'm kind of surprised that there's even one a week. I, I would have expected that there just was non-existent. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I, and again, this is this is why the, the London series has been so important because, you know, the, the sports writer with the most uh, knowledge about peripheral knowledge about baseball in, in, in every kind of sports desk is having to write a baseball article this week and, and so it's, it's yeah i'm there's definitely four bases <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm trying to think of like Derek gould being forced to write a cricket article yeah. or something <laughs> here in st louis yeah that, I think that's Derek gould had his work cut out for him in london i think he was speaking to a lot of these british sports journalists kind of giving them a primer on baseball before uh, I bet. <laughs> before they were having to submit <laughs> their pieces I bet. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, so, so what's your read on the the popularity of baseball in the UK and the EU broadly? Do you think it's growing at all, or this is really just say a niche fan base that is being served by something like this? Oh, that's that's a. Re- I've been mulling that question over. Uh, in the, in the run up to the London series, and then in the the few days since, I've been thinking, well. Who was there? Who was there? And it was yeah. it was a mix of um, uh, of U.S. holidaymakers who've who've come over specifically mm-hmm. for the baseball, or who have timed their holidays to the U.K. so that they can, you know, take in the sights and then also go and see a baseball game. There's a bunch of expats um, who've chosen to to live their life on this side of the Atlantic, and then there's a few British baseball nuts and. The enthusiasm of the British baseball nut is is not to be underestimated. Yes, yeah. uh, th- there's a really vibrant community. It's, sm- it's small, um, and there's a kind of grassroots baseball league system, which is, I mean, it's 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 funny because it's it, it, you know, people are having to to kind of mark out their own their own baseball grounds and and right. yeah know, kind of like jumpers for goalposts would be the equivalent <laughs> in uh, in in soccer uh, but yeah it, it's 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 a niche scene but but there but there's there's definitely there's definitely a cult following yeah there's and, some camaraderie in that too right you you mentioned that before like i i saw that a little bit you you mentioned soccer um there's that in st louis there's like these groups of huge soccer fans and and they meet up at three in the morning five in the morning and whatnot at there's really one major it's growing now because of the mls team but there's one big bar here it's called amsterdam and they'll host uh they'll host you know uh parties at four in the morning for some premier league match that most people don't even know what it what's happening or why (laughs) it matters uh but there's a huge group there and they love it and and they form this community around this sport that is not particularly popular in the United States. So it sounds like it might be c- kind of similar for baseball. Yeah, I think it's know. very similar. What What's also funny is I hadn't really thought about this outside of my, or, or I guess this is a uniquely American thing. And of course it is, but the idea that I am probably a quarter of a mile from two di- different sets of four baseball fields where I'm sitting right now, they're, they're just everywhere. They're, you know, in, in parks and just free baseball fields all over the place. But of course, yeah, if you're in the UK or in the EU or wherever, uh, you have to go, I don't know, put gloves on a ground and, and kind of make, you know, walk out the the bases and everything like that and make your own 
Um, but yeah, that's, that's just yeah. kind of a so funny I'm, thing. I never I've, thought about I've that. I've never swung a baseball bat in my life. Yeah. Um, mm. I, I don't even know. I, I think I've held one. But but I, I've, n- I've never swung one at a ball. Okay. I've, never, I've never had the embarrassment of doing that. Okay, I'm gonna. We gotta think of a way to fix that somehow. Um, <laughs> or at least at least Talk a fast about, pitching event. I was gonna say, yeah, you can uh, come out to Denver next year whenever I go out there, and you can be in the in the fast pitch thing with me and take you know, still probably throw harder than me. <laughs> I mean, so, so first, they had these things that, that they had a batting cage. Uh, well, they had a bunch of batting cages and a a bunch of fast pitch things. I think set up. Um, in and around the the stadium, and then at, at Trafalgar Square, which I I know you uh, you struggled with <laughs> you struggled with last week. Ben. Uh, Trafalgar Square is one of the most famous squares in London. Um, it's got um, arguably Nelson's... the world, but it's okay. It's okay, man. <laughs> it, it's got Nelson's Column. It's got a bunch of towers. It's got the National Gallery. You, you would definitely go there if you came to London, though. Yeah. Yeah, kind of noticing your your confusion, I was like, yeah, why would you actually have heard of Trafalgar Square? It's it's well, a place you'd go without really hearing about it. And I'll point out to you, you're not the first person to correct me after that last episode <laughs> dropped that I sounded like an idiot. So noted, looked it up, locked it in, and if yeah. and when I come out uh, to the UK, I will be going to Trafalgar Square, and hopefully, I just said it right, but. Uh, yeah, you're, you're not the first person to say something along those lines. Um, so speaking to your London, London stadium and kind of the whole setup that was around there, you said there were batting cages. I, I was wondering if you could just kind of paint us a picture of what the stadium experience was like as far as amenities, getting to your seat. The, obvi- the uh, stadium was obviously built for footy. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so the, the stadium kind of the, the circular nature of it kind of doesn't totally lend itself to being set up for baseball um but I, yeah if you could just kind of give us a kind of a lay of the land and understanding of of how it was yeah i mean i'll, I'll start right at the beginning which is leaving where we were staying to to tr- get on the tube to go to the stadium and, and you and got you guys came into london to stay for the for the game that's right so yeah. so my parents still live in london so okay. we brought the whole family down we're staying at my parents house we brought my parents to the the, the game, so we're, we're going there en masse, all dressed in red or or in you know cardinals uniforms. Nice. As, as we're walking to the the tube station, which is about thirty tube stops away from where we ended up, we're you know we're, we're aware that this is perhaps a day when that that loneliness gets gets lifted, it gets blown away. So we're 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 looking out for baseball fans everywhere, and so it, it was just like the sight of maybe a slightly too baggy T-shirt. And we're like, oh, maybe they're going to the game. <laughs> <laughs> someone someone wearing a cap. Like, oh, I wonder. But of course, it's all false alarms, and we're we're on the tube, and for the most part, just trundling along, and and, and people are wondering what sporting event is happening in the summer. Um, because the football season stopped and all right. that, yeah. So um, eventually, about I don't know five, five or six stops from Stratford, which is where London London Stadium is, we start seeing this this kind of sea of baseball humanity kind of emerging. And and honestly, it was one of 
the most emotional sporting experiences I've had that is not tied to a result or to some kind of mm-hmm. achievement. It was just this seeing well, seeing people in Cubs hats, but seeing seeing people in in Braves outfits and in in Mets gear, and and it was just like wow, this is this means something to people. This 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 is something that people have travelled for, whether or not they support the two teams involved. So then, of course, we get to the uh, get to the the stop and. I've long since stopped like tipping my cap to to all of the people who I think might be in uh, baseball here just <laughs> yeah. to see if I get a reaction out of them. Like, hey, uh, are you just... in the club? Are you in the club? <laughs> yeah, that's right. No. It, it Stop looking at is... me, guy. <laughs> <laughs> and so walk to the stadium, and yeah, it's it's just this this carnival, this party atmosphere. Uh, I've I've never seen so many. Uh, I've, I've I've never seen another Cardinals fan in the UK in yeah. person and suddenly to be overwhelmed with them was was amazing so yeah you get to the stadium and I thought honestly it would be a bit like a football game where you had um the, the same old catering um but you know maybe they'd, they'd stuck a slice of American cheese on the mm-hmm. burger that you <laughs> hell but, yeah <laughs> <laughs> but honestly it was it, it it was amazing that this kind of import of of really good quality kind of ballpark food. Um, so there were and and beer you could drink beer everywhere. That's another huge difference to to football. You can't really? drink beer within view of the pitch in a in a soccer ground. I am yeah I am yeah beside Wait. myself learning this. Yeah, it's it's because too many, of bad too behavior. Many deaths. Yeah, too yeah. many deaths. <laughs> that, that hasn't led to good things in the past. So, ah. so they've just stopped that. Um, so, you know, there are other sports when you care where you can. You can do it in cricket. You can do it in rugby. But to be able to do it um, from a cup where that someone has poured out of a, a beer container that they're wearing on their back is just like, mm. what is this experience? <laughs> so. Yeah, and then of course you, you get in, and and you're exactly right, Ben. There's um, there's seats in in not great places that are making yeah. up the the capacity of the stadium. So you've got you know huge numbers of seats in in center field, right field, left field, um, you know, in in two tiers, and it, it's a bit kind of like well, you know, that can't really see what 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 a pitch looks like from here there, there seemed to be yeah. some different angles too and like they like obviously it was not they, they didn't make a whole new seating system bespoke for this event it was kind of slapped together a little bit a little bit yeah um but they did they did make a whole new baseball pitch uh that like laid on top of the the football yeah. pitch which was absolutely amazing i mean i i gathered there were issues with the bounce and and that led to to a, f- a few more errors, perhaps for uh, <laughs> for, for for the yeah. The it was the field. It was definitely yeah. the field that I was know the problem. A lot of people were giving <laughs> Ali Marmal trouble for. I think he was. People were saying he was making excuses before the game even started because the field was weird and this and that. But it's like, well, both teams are playing on the same field, so it doesn't yeah. really matter. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah. So yeah, I mean. Th- 
it was, but yeah, I mean, the, the show was just, the show was amazing. It yeah. was, it was getting into the game. It, it was, it was like a, um, a kind of greatest hits album of, mm. of, 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 of baseball experiences. So there was, I mean, we, d- we don't have baseball culture here, right? So right. that there is, you know, we can't say, well, we've got to do it the British way, got to do it the American way, but it's like, well, we'll do this thing. Um, we'll do the mascot race because people want to see that. <laughs> yeah, very entertaining. <laughs> we'll obviously do the, the seventh inning stretch, but we'll also do Sweet Caroline. Um, and, and so people would did that in, in the eighth inning. Um, it's so and, funny. And, yeah, yeah, it was, it was um, on, on the one hand, it, it felt a bit like, well, this is, this is, this is a bit too kind of uh, manufactured. But mm-hmm. I mean, that's exactly what it was. You're playing baseball in London. What else yeah. is it going to be? Right. Yeah. Do you feel uh, like this was something that, um, like everyone, is this making new fans, this happening? Or is this, is this playing to the fans? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, both. Cool. I, I know that's a, that's a weak answer. Uh, that, no, that's I mean, not, I'm not the here. answer we want in a in a, in the kind of modern polarized media environment. <laughs> but um, that, yeah, I mean, obviously, it it made people like me happy. Uh, yeah, d- delighted to see it. But I brought the kids along, and yeah. the kids, my my daughter wasn't. Re- she's nine. She wasn't really into what was going on on the field, but. She was reading the match day program and she was giving us all of these facts afterwards. So she's found that. her baseball niche. There's a place yeah. for people like her in baseball. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah, she More was so really than most sports, that. right? Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. Uh, my son, my son just, I mean, he, he, we were, we were over uh, in St. Louis last year and, you know, he's, he, he's into baseball, but it, it's kind of given him that, that kind of, um, that shot in the arm, the the kind mm-hmm. of yeah, he's he's really into it. Yeah, I live like two miles from Bush Stadium. I think I, you know, the way you explain the sort of swelling of of people as you get closer to, closer to the stadium, I think I take that for granted a little bit. You know, being in St. Louis, there's just it's all everywhere is Cardinal gear, and then yeah, when you're at the game, you're surrounded by it, but you're you've always got like one toe dipped in cardinal swag here in st louis no matter where you are someone is yeah. wearing something so so the swag was interesting as well so they they brought a, an mlb shop over uh, and they set up this you gotta this shop. have your merch yeah oh uh, yeah and i mean you know you're thinking well you've 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 paid for the 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 tickets you've paid to get there you may as well get a souvenir and and they really played to that they knew that it was going to be this pilgrimage site for for baseball fans of of all colors so they had they had merch for every single mlb team oh wow nice the queue to get into the shop was an hour long wow (laughs) wow okay i mean that that shows a level of excitement right there yeah Yeah. because why do you, you don't normally I mean, I know there, there. I guess that's like a like a sneaker drop or like a clothing drop, right? Was it like London? Was it like London branded? Uh, there was certainly what? London branded stuff. Yeah, people people yeah. were getting you know a London patch, 
uh, you know, yeah. merch with a London patch on, you know, the hat or the the jersey. But but there was there was also just just people wanting to go away with a cap, with a cool yeah. looking hat, cap yeah. hat with some letters yeah. on it, you know, something like that. And it was just, it's That's fun. Yeah, it was fun. It was it was really fun. I I I think I left. I went to the game on Saturday. Uh, the 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 drubbing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, you know. And and I think leaving the stadium, I was I was a little bit sad about the result. I was sad about what happened yeah. to to Wainwright. Um, but looking back on it now, now the dust has settled. I'm thinking about going back again next year for the the Phillies against the Mets. I, I, yeah, I, do, I don't care. I'm just, I want to be one of the people wearing wearing the hat that has nothing to do with the game that's happening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was going to be one of our questions: is if you thought you were going to attend next year, and it sounds like yeah. you're leaning towards it. I think so, and and I think what I'd like to do is is bring some people down who I've spoken to about baseball mm. to give them that experience because come it, try it, it out it's yeah. perfect for that it really right. is yeah um well so we oh so yeah me. i wanted to ask that question you already answered that curious there are rumors of mlb trying to do a series in paris in 2025 do you th- see yourself traveling to france for a series like that or is that is that kind of crazy and, and i guess the follow-up question do the French have any interest in baseball? I don't know if you you know the answer to this, but so, I thought that that was a little bizarre. Yeah, I I've spent a bit of time in in France, uh, but I don't speak French, so I don't know. Um, yeah. But um, we did we flew down from Edinburgh to to London for the game, and on the train into London. I was sat opposite some French baseball fans who'd flown in for for the okay. series as well. Okay. So I don't see why I don't see why it wouldn't have appeal. Um and, and there's there's baseball playing nations as we know from um from from the the international baseball competition that, right. that World Baseball the, Classic. World baseball classic that we yeah. enjoyed earlier this year. So um, and I, th- I saw Dutch fans. Um, I saw German baseball fans. I spoke to some German baseball fans. There was, yeah, I, I got chatting to a lot of people at, at yeah. various stages, and, and, well, and there it, was there was a lot of European accents. Yeah, I know <laughs> German has. They have a small baseball footprint. I was just reading an article about how uh, there has been Dutch baseball since post World War II. Essentially, the Yankees as like uh, a measure to export American culture, sent a bunch of old Yankees gear and it developed this like little league that apparently still exists. I I went down a whole rabbit hole that we don't need to talk about right now, but there are small baseball alcoves in in Europe that are are fascinating. Well, that's soft power. Maybe maybe uh, (laughs) Rob Manfred and and his gang know exactly what they're doing by saying it's going to be in Paris. Uh, one last question for you, Kerry. You, you know the way to our hearts. You mentioned it a little bit before, but you got to tell us about this hot dog. Uh, you were <laughs> yeah. you were posting pictures about it in the bird score. Mm. Uh, you participated in uh, in the American way in multiple different thing uh, avenues uh, yeah. this weekend. Okay, so so w- one of the things that we we got a 
there was there was not much coverage of the fact that there was going to be a baseball competition in London. Mm-hmm. What there was coverage of in the run up to the game was the food that was going <laughs> to be brought into this little corner of East London, and they had the you know various burgers. They had a, a St. Louis burger, a Cardinals burger, a Chicago burger, and a Cubs burger. They also had a donut burger, which was the okay. That's donut. my kind of burger right there. Yeah, <laughs> but the, but the big kind of what on earth is that was for the boomstick hot dog. So yes, <laughs> the boomstick hot dog was two feet of hot dog with with all the trimmings. So you know you got you got your sauces, you got your um, you got your pickles, you've got cheese. You've got everything on it on a on a big long um, carrying tray that has a has a handle so that you, <laughs> you can actually carry it places with just one hand. <sighs> and so, yeah, queued up to to get a, a boomstick hot dog from a shack called Boomtown, and uh, <laughs> yeah, they also did boomstick nachos, which were two sure. two feet of nachos, which oh looked my quite God. good. Yeah, and Ben, was it that that's the is that the Rangers ballpark? We I think they had the the, the boomstick was something from the, the, the Rangers. Rangers. Yeah, so they have the boomstick hot dog, which it sounds like they just straight up exported that. It must be a hit yeah. at the Ranger Stadium, and then they also are home of the I believe it's a five pound chicken nugget that yeah. exists in the Rangers ballpark. Which it seems like that didn't make its way across the pond. Uh, I don't, maybe they couldn't have fitted on the on the planes. I don't know how that works. Yeah, maybe that's for the expanded greatest hits collection. <laughs> they, they, they seem they seem to be kind of building on what's been successful before. So yeah. it wouldn't be a surprise to see it next year. Well, was it but, good? Did you, did you was it was it beyond the spectacle and you actually enjoyed it, or <laughs> was it like what the hell have I done to myself? It was it was good. It yeah. was good, okay. but it was big. But yeah. I, I didn't want to let that defeat me. So I was I was going for it. I was I developed a technique where I was sliding it off the tray and, and, and <laughs> eating it kind of little by little rather than trying to pick it up. I, I wanted to maintain the integrity of my bun. Um, <sighs> but uh, then at, at about three quarters of the way through, my partner saw that I was I was slowing down and she was like, no, you need to stop now because yeah. we have a seven-month-old baby here who has a bit of a dodgy stomach, and I don't need two of you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if I remember, I think because you you shared an article from the Sun, and I believe this was a twenty-five hundred calorie hot dog, which that's is right. uh, so. I mean, even if you only ate uh, three quarters of it, that's still your your day. I think <laughs> you got your daily value hot dog, your yearly. Uh, uh. There's that article that was going around, you know, some trash science where it's like every hot dog you eat takes like an hour off of your life or something like that. How many, hours, how many hours of your life do you think that that? that uh, well, I, I barely <laughs> ate one, right? So, so I, <laughs> oh yeah, you're well, fine. Good, oh yeah, it's just one that's hot one dog. hot dog. That's one hot dog. <laughs> yeah, it's a great point. <laughs> well, Akira, thank you so much for your time today, sharing with us uh, the joys of going to the game. Um, you, you, you've painted a beautiful picture. We, we really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me on. It's been great talking about it. All right. Well, thanks again to Akira for being on the episode. I, I really loved the way he explained his just like 
approach into the stadium and the and the slow sort of growth of, of baseball fans and yeah. and just great way with words more more thought out than anything we've ever done on this show so. <laughs> yeah, yeah that was the best 25 minutes of our show uh <laughs> it was mostly because he was he was talking yeah <laughs> well uh after uh we we have some more things to talk about we're going to talk about the recent injuries and roster movement but before we do we want to remind everybody that this show is supported on Patreon. Patreon.com slash talking about birds. If you've enjoyed the show and want to support us, just a couple bucks a month, anything at all, it really, really helps. And we truly, truly appreciate it. Supporters of any level get access to the bird scored. We've talked about it a lot on this episode. It is our private Discord server. Uh, listeners of the show getting together to talk about the Cardinals and really anything. Top uh, Conversation gets uh, pretty ranging on there. We've been talking about uh, Wiffle Ball today, which has been fun. Uh, and uh, if you want to support us in another way, you could consider trying to leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. That also helps. So once again, patreon.com slash talking about birds. Uh, ben, where can people follow us online? Yeah, make sure to follow us on Twitter at TalkAboutBirds. We're on Instagram at TalkingAboutBirds. You can uh, listen to us on Spotify. If you prefer that, we're on TikTok. Find us on TikTok. If you have thoughts, questions, criticisms, uh, questions about our intelligence, email TalkAboutBirds at gmail.com. Um, and if all of that's too much, you can just go to TalkingAboutBirds.com. Find all of those things again at TalkingAboutBirds.com. Dot com. Talking about birds. Dot com. Dot com. We will have that domain as long until as long as we have it, as long as we can until some bird yep. watching website offers us like 50 bucks for it. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about birds. One dot com. Dot com. Um, Talking yeah. about uh, birds. That's good. Mm hmm. We better talk about birds. Nate. Mm. That's good. Also, yeah, that's one. That one's yeah. just for you. Nate content. <laughs> so one, All the Nate heads out there. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Ben, we've had some uh, injury updates. You want to run us through it? Oh, boy, have we ever, Nathan. Um, by the way, wow. is it Nathan or Nathaniel? Come on. You got to know that. It's Nathan, right? <laughs> yes. <Is> it? OK. <laughs> yeah. OK. So, I mean, I don't think we don't talk about it that much on the show. This might be a, this might be a big reveal, but then I are cousins. So we spent our entire <laughs> lives together. I don't know you like that. <laughs> yeah, it's Nathan. All right. Um, people call me Nathaniel, but uh, they're wrong when they want to be pretend mad at me, but uh, yeah. I just ignore them because that's not my name. Nathaniel Heininger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's sick. All ben right. Ben. Uh, yes. Bentholomew. Is it Bentholomew or Benjamin? Yeah. Bentholomew. Mew. I can't even say it. Bentholomew. He aw. You laughed. All right. Uh, uh, <laughs> I've taken too much cold medicine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, me too. Uh, okay. Jack Flaherty uh, had to miss his start in uh, smelly old England because of right <laughs> hip tightness uh expected mm. to re- uh, return july one um but obviously not what you want to see i i think that july one date is probably uh we'll see i'll believe it when i see it 
he was talking about in the game last night about how he's not going to rush back. Um, so I don't know. We'll, we'll see where this goes. Uh, as far as who's picking up the starts, we'll see about that too. It, it's not a great situation. Um, but hey, the Cardinals won last night. So let's just focus on that. It was a good game for what yeah. it's worth. It was. It looked like a looked like a real baseball team beating another real baseball team. So a good I baseball like team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, yeah, not great. Not, not great. great. In Tyler O'Neill news, uh, he said on Tuesday that he's aiming to be, begin a minor league rehab assignment next week. Um, so again, kind of believe it when I see it. This is really feeling like the lost year of Tyler O'Neill. Um, however, that being said, this is, he is the kind of player who can when healthy and effective play at an MVP level. So, Still holding out hope, still holding out that yeah. back gets straightened out. Um, really, what, what do you really a what bummer do you do? the way this has gone? Yeah. Sorry. No. What do you do with Tyler? Let's say he comes back two weeks. He's healthy and the rest of the outfield is healthy. And by rest yeah. of the outfield, I guess I mean Newbar, Edmund, Carlson and Walker. Yeah. Uh, well, although Edmund is starting at short today. Um, yeah, which is interesting. But w- how are you? What What's your alignment? If Tyler is coming back and he's healthy, he's starting in left field every day for me. Uh, yeah, Tyler, Newt, Walker, um, and then somebody's getting DH time, and and there there are days off. Obviously, Tyler's going to need days off as he comes back. But really, this goes back to what we were talking about early in the episode: is that the Cardinals have put themselves in a place where they have now devalued. Dylan Carlson's trade value is it as probably at an all-time low. Tyler O'Neill's trade value is at an all-time low. Um, and that's because they could have traded these guys for Sean Murphy, uh, maybe in the offseason, but instead they held on to all their cards. Those guys have been injured and or ineffective. Um, and now here we are with a bunch of guys that you're gonna trade for 50 cents on the dollar. It doesn't make any damn sense. So, but <laughs> to answer your question. I know to answer what you're trying to say, though. Yeah, I put him in left uh, and, and let it ride because I do like Tyler is still the guy. I mean, let's not forget yeah. uh, his stat cast numbers, what he can do when he's being patient at the plate. Um, and yeah. he's a gold glover like and he's it's, and it's not just stat cast numbers. I mean, 2021, like that was an MVP caliber season. It was. You know? Yeah, like it's not just I. the only reason I say that is a lot of times people say like, you know, you, you say, like, look at the underlying numbers, look at the underlying numbers. And yeah. that's like an excuse to wave away like uh, results. And uh, you and I are both big fans of looking at the underlying numbers. But Tyler O'Neill isn't just an underlying numbers guy. He's also done it like yeah. at a high level with the results at the professional level. So, um, I mean, it, we, we all know it. It's been incredibly inconsistent and he's often injured, but like he has a ceiling. It's like there's Jordan Walker's ceiling. And then I think right after him is Tyler O'Neill's ceiling are, I mean, at least from the outfield perspective, he's a guy that could come back fully healthy post all-star break and put up three or four war. Now I'm not guaranteeing, but he has like, that's what you're talking about. He could do that. And, and, you know, put the team on his back, the offense on his back, so to speak. And then, like I said, play the best defensive left field in baseball or, or close to it. Um, yeah, so you just have to keep betting on that. Like I said, if you're not going to trade him in the offseason for a piece that makes more sense. But uh, it also be nice to, to once again have a middle of the order bat that isn't 
like a giant lumbering person. Yes. Like I, like I know, uh, like Walker is fast, uh, especially for his size. Arenado and Goldie are not slow, but they're also like, and, and yeah. Wilson Contreras. I just, it feels like it's a, it's a heavy, it's a heavy middle of the order right now. It's the beef boys, <laughs> the beef boy Cardinals. It is the beef boys. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do like to, to that point. I do like Newt is uh batting third tonight, which I like. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kind of breaking yeah. up the beef boys, uh, with the on base. I really like Newt leading off with that. He's got, I think he's 99 percentile in uh walk rate this year. Like mm-hmm. I like put it well really anywhere in the lineup, but top three is great. Uh, anyway, well, I mean, say, you know, sabermetrically, the third spot in the lineup is less valuable, you know? So yeah. I don't know. Anyway, interesting. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Guillermo Zuniga. Uh, very exciting. He is on the seven day yes. IL, if you all remember. Uh, but he was optioned to AAA Memphis on Saturday, meaning that he is tuning up. And my guess is basically as soon as he's healthy and the, the IL stint has expired, he's going to be in the bullpen and probably pitching high leverage innings. Yeah. Almost immediately. Um, again, I guess assuming his, uh, his stint at uh, AAA Memphis goes well. Uh, but very excited. I do think that he, uh, the bullpen hasn't been great. Jordan Hicks has been nice, but Helsley has left a huge hole. Um, I think Guillermo Zuniga is, uh, is, is definitely one of the paths to straightening this, this ship out a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he's fun to watch. Yes. Um, yeah. I think we had a lot of high hopes going into the season for him and there's plenty of baseball left for him to have an impact. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then outside of that, Tink Hintz and Victor Scott, the second are going to be representing the Cardinals in the all-star futures game this year, uh, which is very, very exciting. I think Tink Hintz, probably a, a slam dunk. Everybody probably saw that one coming, but Victor Scott having a really, really nice year, just got himself promoted. Um, you know, we, I, I believe we talked to Kyle about him a while back on a uh, episode in the past. And, uh, a guy that's got a really interesting tool set, uh, very fast slap hitter, stolen bases, all that kind of really exciting stuff. So, um, good for Victor Scott. Holy, he's got 50 stolen bases already yeah. uh, in 66 yeah. games. So pretty cool. Uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, but yeah, very, very excited for Tink Henson, uh, and Victor Scott, the second. Yeah, it's fun. Um, yeah, Tink, I mean, it's, it's pretty fun to watch. It's, it's incredible. I, I, I'm got all my fingers and toes crossed everything. Just, you know, there's no such thing as a pitching prospect. There's no such thing as a (laughs) pitching prospect, but, uh, it's fun, you know? And, uh, and yeah, Victor Scott, uh, I, I remember Kyle being very, very excited about him. Uh, and that speed, especially with these base paths, you know, if you see what, uh, uh, Oakland with that guy, Estieri Ruiz, he, he, Barely is hitting the ball, but he's getting yeah. he's got he just had his 40th stolen base. He might steal so, 80 this year. Yeah, it's it's pretty yeah. exciting. That being said, Acuna yeah. might steal 60 or 70. So it's uh, it's I pretty know. exciting he, for stolen bases. This I know. Year. Acuna's right behind Estieri, and he also has uh, I think Estieri has one home run and Acuna yeah. has like 17 or 18 now. So, yeah, pretty impressive. Yeah. yeah. Well, still, there's uh the game is allowing for more speed these days, so maybe Victor Scott can come up and uh and make a mark. That'd be a lot of yeah. fun. Yeah, he he'd be a guy that I could even see the Cardinals like Terrence Goring 
uh, if if a postseason run actually happens, but have him be the 26th man just because he, he has to be the fastest guy in the organization. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's we're really putting the curtain ahead of the horse there. But uh, maybe. yeah, we are. I always think it's interesting when a guy's uh, like MLB debut is on the play on a playoff roster. You know, they cool. fit this like very specific niche need. It's usually the fast guy, you know, but still like that's a path to the majors. Just being the really fast guy. Hey, Terrence uh, Gore has still, a ring. So Ter- yeah, that's... and he's still around, you yeah. know? Yeah. All right. So now let's check in on the series that are coming up. We've got the Yankees coming to Bush Stadium for three games. Uh, always love to see the pinstripes and the uh, the birds on the bat play each other. Oh, crikey, mate! <laughs> I don't know why I did that, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. very exciting. Um, Yankees are in an interesting spot. They have had since Aaron Judge has gone down with his toe issue, which uh, I don't know if you saw, but the Nank- Yankees yeah. announced that it was actually torn uh, a little bit ago. A torn uh, toe, off, torn toe. Yeah, they just ripped torn it off. Toe. Yeah, Ugh. torn toe, torn toe. The toe, torn toe. Um, ever since their offense has just absolutely cratered. Uh, the good news for them, they still have Garrett Cole. Uh, their pitching is okay. Their their bullpen is fantastic, um, but they're just not the same team right now. So I, I do think this is probably good news for the Cardinals. A, a very weakened Yankees team coming into Bush Stadium. Um, the bad news is, you know, Cardinals fans don't get to see Aaron judge, but, uh, I don't know. I guess, I guess we'll be yeah. fine with that for one series Depends on what you want out of a baseball game. Do you want your right. team to win? That's good for the Cardinals. Do you want to see one of the best players, uh, of the last like 30 years, probably then? Well, sorry. Yeah. I, uh, I saw a stat the other day that something is since Aaron judge has gone down, Giancarlo Stanton has a WRC plus of five. Woo. Yeah, that's 95% worse than the average. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that's it's pretty really rough. Bad. If they're just like best friends and he's sad Man, or yeah. you know, something around the, you know, you don't have to pitch to him or yeah, uh, just a, a slump lining up, but that's pretty yeah. rough. Not great. Uh, what will be great, Harrison Bader is going to get a standing ovation uh, at least yes. once, right? Like, I, I feel like he'll yeah. get a pretty, pretty raucous, like, t- uh, cheer for him. I think so. And he yeah. deserves it. He was a fan favorite, even if the he, it, he never really had, like, the full extended moment as a, like, star in St. Louis. But everybody loved him. And I think yeah. rightfully so. It was, it was a, a really fun player. That's my guy. Mm-hmm. Great hair. Great hair. Not anymore. Not anymore. Uh, Cool. Well, and then uh, surprisingly, a bigger challenge. The Cardinals are going to Miami to play four against the Marlins. We get to see our uh, old friend Skip Schumacher. Yeah. You know, I don't mean to put too much pressure on a four game series against the Marlins in the middle of the season. but this might be the series that either allows the Cardinals to push forward or, or absolutely kills them. If they go in and drop four against the Marlins in this series, that might be the death nail for this team. Um, and it wouldn't, you know, surprise me tremendously. The, the, uh, their team has been really good. They're a difficult 
team to match up against in the sense that they have maybe, I mean, Yuri Perez, their uh, starting pitching prospect who yeah. is now gone just like Super Saiyan is is next level. He's got a 134 ERA over his first nine starts, and he's striking out 10 per nine. Um, and, and they have 20. other and he's 20 he's, and they have other great yeah. starting pitchers as well. AJ Puck is having a good year for them as their closer. Um, and I'm sure unless you've been li- living under a rock, you've been paying attention to Luis Arias, their uh, second baseman who is uh, trying to hit 400 this year and just having a great year. But they're very contact forward. They don't strike out a ton. Um, they're on base all the time. They're quick uh, and they got enough power to make you angry. Uh, Jazz yeah. Chisholm just came Jazz back. Is back. Yeah. Um, oh, I really do think this is a very important series for the Cardinals at this time, the way that they're playing, the way that the Cardinals are playing. Um, and, you know, the Skip Schumacher of it all. It's I don't know. It's it's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a tough series. It's a really great pitching team in four games in their ballpark. Like. They're they're kind of going the uh, inverse Cardinals right now. Everything is clicking for them really well, and <sighs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and they've got guys returning from injury that are really helping out. And yeah, Array's hit is hitting four twenty five in June. Who? Pretty good. He, I mean, he might do it. Um, I think I saw Dan Zabraskin fan graphs gave it like a two percent probability of Arias yeah. hitting four hundred. Um, that's higher than you would think, though. I mean, it's really, really hard to do that. And the offensive environment now compared to the last time somebody did it is I, yeah, I don't not even the same. Happen. So, yeah. Anyways, but, it would be cool. Uh, he's got like a 70-point lead on Acuna, who is yeah. uh, second in the batting title chase. So, you know, even ending in the 370, 380 would be quite the accomplishment. Yeah. Yeah, kind of amazing. Yeah. Well, let's check in with uh, with some news from around the league. What have you got for us, Ben? Yeah, yeah, we got a, uh, quite a bit of news. So I'll try to run through it quickly. Uh, Hunter Green, um, freak show, amazing pitcher for the Reds, is out likely until August uh, due to an issue with his right hip. Um, so, you know, the Reds have been hot. I do think they just don't have enough pitching. And with Hunter Green going down, I think this is really going to hurt the team. You can have, uh, Ellie Day La Cruz all day, but you still need to pitch, especially in that ballpark. So yeah, uh, bummer for the Reds, bummer for baseball. Hunter Green is like, it's kind of must watch for my money. Um, but going down for a while here and hopefully he, he comes back at some point soon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it just sucks when you see someone like that. It, yeah, it's yeah. Yeah. Pitching is hard. Pitching is hard and bad for you. Uh, speaking of disappointments, uh, the Mets ace Max Scherzer has reportedly said to the media that he is open to waiving his no trade clause. Uh, if you remember, he's on the final year. I think he's making like 45, $43.33 million this year. Um, and with the, uh, the Mets terrible beginning first half of the season, they're in the same boat as the Cardinals are in right now. Um, essentially as far as their position in their division, but they have teams like the Braves in there, uh, and the Marlins and the Phillies in their division, which just make it so much further away. So would not be surprised if we see the Mets do a little bit of push pull, uh, here in the second half of the season, as, as far as selling off some of their players like Max Scherzer. Um, and I think, 
there's a lot of teams out there that could use a Max Scherzer. So uh, I, I think that that is probably fairly likely to happen. Yeah, he hasn't been having a great season, but it's still Max Scherzer. Yeah. And there's not a lot of that out there on the market. I'm interested to see what the Mets would do if they would be willing to like throw in like that. You know, I could see Steve Cohen say like, too bad, no matter what, we're we're going for it. Like we we won't, you know, we won't give up or something like that. But yeah. it math is the math. The Mets are, like I said, they're just in such a worse spot. Not because they're that much yeah. worse than the Cardinals, but because of the division. Um, yeah, they, they have they have a, a big hill to climb. Philadelphia has been playing pretty well, uh, and yeah, I mean Atlanta is Atlanta right now. So sucks to yeah. suck. Uh, the yep. Angels trade for two infielders, Mike Moustakis and Eduardo Escobar, uh, which is interesting. The, the you know, the uh, Rockies obviously moving Moustakis. I think that makes sense. Um, <laughs> the, kind of surprised. The, the, the Angels beat the Rockies so hard that they got one of their players from it. It did happen <laughs> like an hour or actually, I think I read that it happened during the game where the Rockies lost yeah. 25 to one, uh, yeah. which of course, you know, I was I think I saw a stat that it was the first time a team has ever won a series while having a negative 20 run differential in the series. Yeah, the Rockies, the won, Rockies the opening won the opening and the ending. Yeah. <laughs> um it's very but, angels to win 25 to 1 and lose the series, but they also got Mike Mustakas out of the deal. So They did. Um and, and Mike I'm sure Moustakis, you're bummed because you were a big fan of the Mike Moustakis, Mike Moustakis signing for the for the Rockies, right? It, it it was the final piece in the puzzle that they needed uh, to move them. Yeah. And the fact that they cowered away because uh, they were too tired mm-hmm. of winning is, I think, asinine. But yeah, yeah here we are. Um, and then we have uh, Texas Day Brazil super fan uh, Eduardo Escobar, who was with the Mets, uh, now going to uh, the Angels. And the Angels are really, you know, I commend... Perry Manassian for what he's doing. He is trying everything, bringing up Zach Neto, doing whatever he thinks he can to try to push all the chips in and uh, and get the Angels to the playoffs, which uh, I think makes them pretty exciting. I'll, I'll be paying attention. Uh, I think that they're probably going to make at least one or two other much larger moves, um, but pretty exciting. I don't know. It, it's cool. Yeah, I, I mean, the Angels are easy to laugh at and make fun of, but... Like I want Otani in the playoffs. I want yeah. Mike Trout in the playoffs. You know, the, that really it's it, it starts it ends there. I want those yeah. two guys to have a have a, a legitimate shot at the playoffs, and, and they've only been there one time and got sw- swept out of the series. And and yeah. Otani wasn't even on the team at that. Uh, point, Otani right? wasn't Trout. in baseball yet, in Major League Baseball yet. Yeah, yeah. Mike Trout's the only one. It, he was there, but yeah. Yeah, it's the game um, that the, the Royals kept stealing off John Lester. It was when we all learned about John Lester's uh, inability to throw yeah. to a base. Yeah. yeah. Crazy game. Yeah. Oh, wait. No, yeah. no. No, I'm getting things mixed up. Scratch that from okay. the record. I think they just got beat. Anyways, uh, great segue, Nathan. Nathaniel. Um, wow. I wanted to talk about Otani for a second because he has just gone to a next level, especially for his yeah. offense this year. Uh, Otani leads baseball in homers right now with 28. He also has a 304 batting average, which is actually, if you look at his expected numbers, it's right in line. So he's, this is true talent. He also has the ninth best expected ERA. He has the second best K rate 
for starters in baseball. Second to only Spencer Strider, who we know is a freak of nature. He also Mm -hmm. has 10 quality starts already on the season. And by the way, he has 11 steals. Otani could possibly have a 40 home run, 20 stolen base, 20 quality start uh, (laughs) year this year, which I think I don't know this for a fact, but this has to be the only time that that has ever been done or even close to have been done. Um, I, I I don't, I don't have anything else. It's it's just amazing what he's doing right now. And we can't talk about it enough. Yeah, it's truly incredible. He, he might be the best baseball player of all time. Yeah. Like, I mean, real, I mean, what do you argue? Who, how do you argue against it? It's like me. I know there's Babe Ruth, but it's like, that was also, a totally different era and like pitching wasn't what it was then. Right. Or he's pitching then isn't what it is now. And like everybody is so specialized. He's the best hitter in baseball or one of he's, I was going to say he's top three hitter in baseball and a top 10 starting pitcher in baseball. Yeah. I mean, you could argue top five starter in baseball. It's unbelievable. He's got the second best strikeout rate. It's he's, he yeah. gives innings. It's not like yeah. he's, if you, I mean, it's all incredible. Even if he it was is. just a reliever, it'd be incredible, but he's one yeah. of the best starters in baseball. It's truly incredible. And yeah, it's, it's remarkable. And it, yeah. he's a chill dude. Like I don't, if he's not everybody's favorite player in baseball, like then you, I don't know what you watch baseball for because yeah. he is, it's absolutely everything. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, yeah. It's incredible. I agree. And I, uh, he should be like a household name. I don't know if it's just baseball is bad at marketing itself or what it is, but like why he isn't on everything. I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll, I'll be really curious how his free agency signing goes, because there's been a lot of talk about. Otani does not make himself available to the media like pretty much every other player. Uh, and the angels yeah. have basically given him like kind of special situation to go around that. So it, to me, that kind of knocks out the New York teams. Cause he's not going to be able to have that in New York. It just doesn't work that way. There are 30 some odd beat writers for the Yankees. Um, maybe the Dodgers will give him that kind of thing. I, the more I think about it, the more I think he's going to stay an angel. Um, and he's never going to wear another uniform, but hmm. We'll see. I don't know. I think to, the, he's unpredictable because he's already made so many choices that are not money driven. I don't. Th- I, I think if well, you just think he's going to take the highest number, then I, I think you're wrong. Well, yes and no, because with his ad deals, he was the highest paid athlete in the world la- uh, last year. He's well, making, right. With- but I'm saying he when he came to America, he discounted himself when he agreed yeah. uh, to those pre arbitration deals, which he did, I think three, two times, um, in a row, he took money out of his own pocket. Um, and he joined the angels because they gave him the situation that he wanted. So, and like you said, he doesn't need to make money off his baseball salary. He can be an international superstar selling, you know, suits and watches and, uh, FTX or whatever. (laughs) Um, (laughs) so I don't know. I, it'll, it'll be the biggest story this off season. I can't wait to find out where he goes, but I hope it's not the angels just cause they just, I just want him in the playoffs and I, and I can't, 
I, I don't know. They don't seem anywhere close to it other than having him and Mike Trout. But even Mike Trout is starting to age a little bit. Yeah. So yeah. it is funny that you can have arguably the two best players in baseball, maybe two of the best players potentially well, of all time. Yeah. Really? Mike Trout's the best of this generation and it's kind of not even close. And then Shohei Otani might be the best of all time. And it yeah. kind of is getting not close <laughs> and well, just go, you know, shows you, I mean, they're both, uh, you know, it's two out of 26. It's crazy. Um, yeah. all right. Otani talk over, uh, Rob Manfred says, uh, in an interview, uh, earlier this week, nearly four years, uh, later, uh, a- or after the Houston Astros scandal, he says, perhaps he should have tried to suspend the Houston Astros players after all. Um, <laughs> what, 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 why, why did, what is he doing with this? He why is, is he out here? He is the what worst. Is the purpose? What is the purpose of this? What are you trying the man to man hates baseball. He's an idiot. I know he's a, just a, a little puppet for the owners, but it was free to not say this out loud. Yeah. Um, and also the Astros and Dodgers right now, they're doing their own thing. They like these, the play, now you're making the players answer it, these questions. Like, yeah, they don't need it. Yeah. You being bad at your job, why bring it up? Yeah. I don't yeah, care. Yeah, the current like it's fun to hate the Astros for the cheating scandal. Uh I think we all will carry that for us with with us for the rest of our lives, but most of those players are not there anymore. Right. Uh yeah. So yeah, so yeah now I just Jose I, Abreu and Jeremy Pena have to answer these questions. Jordan Alvarez, like guys that weren't yeah. even on the team. Yeah. It's uh it's silly. Yeah. Um, okay. Last piece of news. Kevin Cash of the Rays suspended Wander Franco for two games last week, week saying that he handles his frustrations or uh, citing the way that he handles his frustrations and being a better teammate, emphasizing uh, that Wander is a good kid and they will make uh, or they will work with him to improve. Um, and the only reason I kind of wanted to talk about this, I think it's somewhat noteworthy in today's game that a superstar like Wander Franco is getting benched, period. Um, but I think the Rays and Kevin Cash handled this so much better than Ali Marmol and the Cardinals. And this <laughs> I, I is just like a little, that. hey, here's how we can do messaging. We're on this guy's side. We support him 100%. Here's a problem that we saw. And, and the team agrees. We're going to work on it and move forward. Um, I don't know. I, yeah, it's not nothing yeah. else I really want to say. But yeah, I do agree with you. And I think. It, it just feels like a more specific piece of feedback for this player too. Like, yeah, accusing Tyler O'Neill of not hustling is incredibly vague, and right. also something that we know, or at least we thought, had been a previous conversation around how Tyler O'Neill was going to handle his body and avoid injury. So it felt kind of like contradictory, or right. at least unfair to criticize him for something like that publicly. Whereas this, uh, handling your frustration and being a good teammate was probably something very specific that happened. Right. I, I don't, I didn't follow the story close enough to know, but either in the clubhouse or, or, or in the dugout or something, he probably did something very obvious and direct. And this is a, is a response to that. And yeah, I mean, it's just messaged more clearly, there's a direct punishment and a show of support and probably everyone moves on and maybe Frank goes better for it. I mean, if he, yeah. if it really is that big of a deal that he needs to be suspended for two days, like 
you know, we all know these players that like that sort of reputation and that sort of handling of difficult situation has tanked their reputation and, and right. sometimes their performance. So, um, it, you know, he's super young, you know, it feels yeah. like he's been in the league forever, but I think he's 22. Right. So, something uh, like that. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it can, it can be the right thing to do. Yeah. 22. Uh, um, and, and I, I should correct myself, not suspended benched. He was not, benched. he was not like, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a good point. Formally. Yeah. It was just, he was not being played by the team. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right, that's all I got for league news. All right, well, we're going to end this week with a with a little game, Ben. This is something totally new. You know, I spent the the week in Vegas, and Vegas is a food city, and you and I like to talk about food, and I don't feel like I got to talk enough about it at the beginning of the episode. Wow. So I'm unveiling a new segment. I'm calling Nate Eight. So on my God. first day in Vegas, I was fortunate enough to try this delicious buffet. It was full of all sorts. Oh, my God. Oh, no. uh, really? Now? I prepared this whole other segment. Uh, <laughs> the card shark's, shark's going to blow it. Yeah, that's uh, what can you do? All right. Well, Ben, I guess instead of my whole segment around man. I really want Steven Spielberg to sue us for this so we can stop doing (laughs) your stupid bit. I think we have to, we have to appease the card. I know, I know. I know how this works. Let me see what I got here. All right. Okay. All right. So if you're new to the show, um, I have a pack of baseball cards. And I have opened and I can't believe the card shark would be so kind as to (laughs) hand those off to you as he swam by. He did. He did. Um, and he said he's going to eat you unless you get all of this right. Oh, no. All right. So I have a pack of cards here. And uh, I know there's a bunch of our listeners like, oh, I wanted to hear more about Nate's food in <laughs> Vegas. Yeah. yeah. They're clamoring. Yeah. Getting the bird scored. Um, okay. So I've got some cards here. Uh, and I'm going to... Uh, read the player's name, and it's up to Ben to tell me their position and what team they are on. Let's do it. Okay. So first one here, we've got Brandon Marsh. Brandon Marsh, center fielder for your Philadelphia Phillies, formerly nice. a friend of Otani and Trout. <laughs> you think they were friends? No, I don't know. He's a wet guy, so he seems pretty weird. <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> I find that a, so he's got, weird. He's got a, a a good beard. You know what I'm talking about, right? Have we talked about the no. wet guy thing? No, I kind of want to just walk past it. But uh, no, I don't know what you're talking about. He pours water on his head in between every inning to make his hair wet. He calls himself a wet guy. He started doing oh. it in college because his hair was frizzy. I find it bizarre. Okay, so you've been saying wet guy this whole yeah. time? Yeah. I thought you were saying white guy he is also a white person um yeah but no wet guy a w-e-t he's a wet guy yeah a wet guy with a torn toe wet guy torn toe wet guy torn toe all right uh <laughs> jan gomes jan gomes he is a catcher for the chicago cubs 
Very good. Little baby bear. Yes, chef. All right. You are appeasing the card shark thus far. Jackson Reitz. Jackson Reitz. Never heard of you, pal. (laughs) Um, I'm going to say that he is a relief pitcher for the Arizona Diamondbacks. No. He is. Where does it say it on this card? He plays for the Washington. He plays for the Washington Nationals, okay. and he's a catcher. All right. Major League wow. catcher? Jackson Reitz, R-E-E-T-Z. I'd also never heard of him. All right. Oh, You got a yeah. baseball card, though. He did. He has... Oh, my goodness. That, that Okay, that was a tough one. He has two Major League games <laughs> and two plate appearances. Um. Wow. Okay. But did you hear two ninety three WRC plus? Wow. There you go. Did you hear? Uh, did you watch the game with the broadcast on yesterday? Have you read? Did this? you hear? Have you heard about this? Have, no, have you uh, a this? little bit. A little this? bit. Chip Carey called the catcher's gear the tools of ignorance. He did. Yes, uh, yeah. I meant to tweet about that, but I didn't. Good story. He, it turns out, if he's good for anything, it's hitting everything from our old-timey baseball slang game that we did earlier this year. Hey, there's with, a uh, non-zero chance he's a listener. That's a good point. It's probably 0.01. <laughs> uh, all right. Connor Wong. Connor Wong. Oh, man. Where are you right now, Connor? Um, he is traded around like flapjacks. I'm going to say... Wait, that's Traded around like <laughs> That didn't make any sense. Um, I'm going to yeah, guess. That's like one of the last things I would want to receive in a trade. Oh, I eat my flapjacks when I get them. I um, want them fresh. Yeah. Uh, you can reheat a flapjack. I'm going to guess. I mean, he's got so many teams under his belt. It, it could be the Angels. It could be the Mariners. It could be the Boston Red Sox. Uh, I guess I'll say Boston Red Sox because he's he's been all over the place. That's who he is on the card. Let's go. I'm smart. You're stupid. Connor Wong. All right. Legend. Legend. We like a Wong. All right. We stand a Wong. Uh, Drew Ellis. Drew Ellis. Oh, I feel like I was just reading about Drew Ellis. He's having... Something good is happening to him right now, but I cannot place it. I know he's a relief pitcher. Uh, I'm going to say Texas Rangers, my friend. Nope and nope. But he is third third base for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Oh, never heard of him. Just kidding. I wonder who you were thinking of. Somebody else name. Oh, it was Somebody Ellis Burks. Name. I was thinking of Ellis uh, Burks. Never mind. Okay. Classic. No, no, We've I all been there before. I don't know who that is. Uh, Brian De La Cruz. Uh, he is an outfielder for the Miami Marlins, I believe. Yes, you are correct. He's having he an interesting year. Yeah. yeah. Couple more here for you. Uh, Ian Anderson. Ian Anderson, an Atlanta Brave starting pitcher. But wait, was he traded to the Pirates? No, I don't think he was. I'm thinking of Bryce something, Bryce Elder. Yeah, he's a he's starting pitcher, Atlanta Braves. 
Yes, he is. And I don't know who you're thinking of. Bryce Elder is also an Atlanta Braves starting pitcher. Is he? Um, Bryce Wilson. Bryce Wilson. Yes. Okay. Right? Yeah. Yes. God, there are so many Bryces. There are a lot of Bryces. Torn toe. All right. <laughs> uh, next. Two more for you. All right. Ethan Small. Ethan Small. Um, dang, I don't know that one. Uh, Ethan Small is a... Say he's a utility infielder for the Detroit Tigers. Wrong and wrong. He is a pitcher for the Milwaukee Brewers. Dang, I feel like I should have known that. Yeah. All right, and this last one, this is fun. They sometimes slot in these like old cards into your your packs. All right. Geronimo Pena. Geronimo Pena. I actually don't know. Uh, Geronimo Pena, great name. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to guess he is a starting pitcher for the Houston Astros. Uh, no. So I thought you might remember him. He actually played for the Cardinals in the nineties. Oh uh, yeah. So here you can see the, um, oh, but dang. very, very early nineties. He was a second baseman. Um, I spent a couple years with the Cardinals. All right. Well, Hey, the more, you know, I don't know if I've ever heard that name before, but, uh, now I have. Yeah. Uh, well, I, well, I really think about him in his Cleveland days. Oh, that's where the mistake those, was. Those five games he played for Cleveland in 1996. You know, that makes sense. Yeah. Who could forget? But I mean, yeah, Aronimo Banya, what a great name. Great name. I, I did remember him, but only because, uh, you know, what a great name. Wow. Wow. All right. Well, Ben, I, I you got eight points out of a possible uh, 18. So I think you just got eaten by the card shark. Yeah, I feel it. It was, yeah, mm-hmm. that's F minus. Yep. So uh, we'll see if that keeps him away for a while. I don't know. <laughs> God, shut up. I really hope that I get to do my Nate eight segment sometime. I was uh, pretty excited. I, I did a lot of work for it. I'm hungry now. Yeah. Well, this episode's gone on long enough. Uh, thank you, everybody, again for listening. As always, we'll be back next week. Hopefully, the Cardinals have a good series against the Yankees. And as Ben is calling, maybe a season-defining series against the Miami Marlins. Oh, I'm we'll worried. Back, as always, uh, patreon.com slash talkingaboutbirds. And until next week, go Cardinals. Okay, thank you. Bye. Torn Toe.